there is no more way I knew how to kiss you. BFF.FM, the rock of Detroit. There we go. So this auto. We passed each other in the halls. That's sweet. No. Hi, I'm Maurice. I'm an executive by day and a wild man by night. My name's Monroe. Uh, you've probably already noticed that I have incredibly blue eyes. Hi, my name is Phil. I play guitar. I'm Aton. Hi, my name's Mike, and if you're sitting there watching this tape smoking your cigarette, well, hit the fast-forward button, because I don't smoke, and I don't like people who do smoke. Hi, my name is Baba, and I like listening to Dialone Radio. BFF.FM Tiger style. Tiger style. Yo. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. There's no place to hide as I step inside the room. Dr. Doom, prepare for the boom. Bam! Oh, man! Ah! Slam! Damn! I scream like Tarzan! I'll be tossing and forcing my style is awesome. I'm causing more family food than Richard Dawson. And the survey said, you're dead. Baby flying guillotine chops off your fucking head. Mr. Who is that? Hey, yo, the who is back? Making niggas go Chasing Satan, yeah. 
celebration of a whole generation. And unless you got ten sticky fingers, it's an imitation, a figment of your imagination. But, 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 but wait, it gets worse. I'm not watered down, so I'm dying of thirst. Coming through with the scam, foolproof plan. Three boys make some noise and just, just fail.
want. It does. It does. Hello. Dialone Radio on BFF.FM. I'm Brother Jill. I'm actually being joined tonight. I'm just going to solidify the situation. I've been needing a producer for the show, and I have finally uh, hoodwinked, bamboozled, and arm-twisted, railroaded Andrew Love into uh, hopefully being my producer. And I figure if I can emotionally entrap you through feelings of obligation by mentioning it on the radio show right now, I'm going to do it. I was just told there's going to be some free KFC. There is not, but I'm there confused. is. If you want some crispy chicken, uh, by the way, the best fucking crispy, crunchy chicken is at that gas station on 17th That's and Dunness. Oh, That's very true. Oh, oh, facts. yes. Facts. Facts. No cap. No cap facts. Best crispy, crunchy chicken is on Van Ness and whatever that gas station is called. What is it called? Do you know? What's that called? You don't uh, know. You don't know. Anyways. I don't think anyone knows. No one knows. This is a crispy, crunchy <laughs> gas station. And it's amazing. Crispy, crunchy gas <laughs> Yeah. I it's go- a crispy, crunchy gas. It's crispy, crunchy gas. It's amazing. I will sometimes like stumble over there after my show and be like, I'm hungry. Drunchy situation. Yeah. And I will crunch into the best chicken of all gas stations, and it's amazing. I just like to crunch into their award-winning customer service. Their award-winning customer service is amazing. They're the only gas station I know that asks for tips that I'm like, I'll legit consider it. All things considered, their service actually is amazing. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But yes, uh, welcome. Uh, It is the... Now that's what I call music, 1993-2003 avoidant recap, because 2023 was like not that chill for me it was pretty intensio uh high highs low lows and i don't really want to i also don't listen to any new music at all so if, if i'm gonna like come up here in front and be like uh i'm gonna study up i'm gonna like watch anthony fantano's best album of 2023 and just like rip that off because i thought about it i was like oh everyone is doing these like 2023 recaps like i should get in on it um, but I don't really listen to any new fucking music. Like I sent you a link to the Leon Bridges, mm-hmm. whatever. And and I was like, oh, this came out in 2020. That was my album of the year. It came out three years ago. So trust me, I'm going to stick with what I know. And that's solid fucking 90s. I know the 90s. I think it's as you age, like that's the same increment as a year now. <laughs> three pretty years. Much. Pretty much, absolutely. Like, like yeah, I, I'm like, yeah, that's no, that's totally a year. That's totally a year. So, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do. I don't really want to do 2023 because I can't front. I can't. I, I don't need to lie to kick it. I don't really know anything. All I know is the 90s when I was 12, 13, and I did a poll on the social medias of like, hey, which year should I do? 2003, 2013, or 1993? By the way, fun fact. 2003, nothing fucking good came out. 2003? Just about. Literally, I was like looking through all the albums from 2003, and I was like, this is all hot garbage. The Strokes had a good album. Maybe. Oh, no. Room on Fire came out, which is... That's Kings of Leon? No, The Strokes. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking of Sex on Fire. Sorry. <laughs> Not all rooms equal sex, yeah. though. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so we're starting things off 
We're kicking off. And actually, that Kings of Leon album came out in 20, 20, 2003, I think. 2003. I think. <laughs> 2003. It probably did, yeah. actually. But I was also like, fuck Kings of Leon. There's a lot of things that I'm like, I'm not doing the best albums of 2003 by like popular whatever nomenclature. Is it their evangelical roots? Who? Kings of Leon? Yeah. Or Do they have evangelical uh, roots? Yeah. Really? Are they like, they're like Sixpence None the Richer or something? They're like a Christian band? Their dad was like a like a traveling evangelist like but their sex is like their sex is still on shit. fire though so i think yeah i guess maybe that's, that's why it's on fire <laughs> i've been repressed my sex is now on fire your sex is on fire my sex cause... is on fire and you should go see a doctor um that that song is i mean most people don't realize what he's talking about is a burning sensation a chlamydia yes mm-hmm. and it's because he's being punished by god Oh, that ties in. Usually I'm like, uh-huh, No, I just uh-huh, totally uh-huh. made that up. No, but, now, I but I feel like I feel like you're it could be. I feel like you're pulling from the collective unconscious right now because that checks out in my mind. Now that I'm just projecting. Solidified as fact. Solidified as fact in my mind. Uh yeah, because sex being on fire uh seems uncomfortable. Yeah. And also like what kind of sex are you having that that's just on fire? Mm-hmm. Mine's like a, a drip from a faucet. It's not like a raging fire. <laughs> It's like when you a, said drip, my mind immediately went somewhere else. <laughs> well, it's like a sad drip from a faucet. It's not on fire. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I'm, it's gonorrhea Friday. <laughs> it's just getting by sex, regular sex. Um, Yeah, so that's... Anyways, Kings of Leon, I would never put them, put them on anyways because uh, I feel like everyone really liked that album when it came out. Everyone's like, yo, I just fucking burn this kings of leon album from limewire i don't know or made a copy i don't know um i feel like i've never seen the actual album i've only seen like a weird blank disc that has like some scribble it says kings of leon sex on fire jams um (laughs) (laughs) so when i was compiling this list that was a shitty album that one yeah well i mean it's not shitty it's all subjective right but like that was like their stadium rock album yeah like I mean, when they do they have other albums that rock. are not stadium rock? Oh yeah, I don't. They know. have like a lot. Of, they had their. They had a, a, totally different sound at the beginning. Weird. Well, the more you know. Yeah. So when I was going through my, I was like looking through albums that were released in 1993. Uh, there's gonna be some holes. So I don't really want any texts or emails. Not that I get those anyways. But if you thought about texting or emailing me, don't. I'm not playing Nirvana. I'm not playing Radiohead Creep album or Pablo Honey or whatever. Um, I'm not playing because I can't fucking stand those albums. So 93 was a good year, though. It was a fucking great year. I started off with Wu-Tang, who clearly they are absolutely nothing to fuck with. So you were in middle school. I was uh, in 93. I was predominantly 12 years old. And I was in high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? Yeah. You were in high school when you were 12? Well, who are you, Doogie Hauser? Yes. Oh. Clearly. Clearly. I have... <laughs> yes. Well, my birthday uh, falls in like a weird time. And um, I didn't skip it. Oh, a... yeah. yeah. You're so a fall baby. I'm a, fa- I'm a fall baby. And so uh, I actually share a birthday with another DJ here on BFF.FM. 
uh, DJ Ugliest Son, whatever. Kim oh and I. God, that's I, a lot of Libra energy for this. We're not fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not a fucking Libra. Uh, Andrew likes to tease me about uh, my astrological groundings of my identity and saying, like, there's a wobble, so you're actually a Libra. No, fuck off. It's not true. Anyways, um, yeah, so no, I was in, I was a freshman in high school and, um, I hated Nirvana then. I hate Nirvana now. I feel like I thought I was. Nobody too... asked you. Oh. I'm just kidding. I'm just I kidding. thought I was too cool for Nirvana. You are too cool for Nirvana. And I think I was at the time, but then after. You're still. You're still. Afterward, I, when I went back and listened to them when I was older, I was like, ah, I really kind of missed out because they do have some. I mean, just the. Did you miss out though? No, I didn't miss out. I still heard it, but I didn't. I didn't appreciate it. At the, like, I don't know. I appreciated the simplicity of the songwriting and like. I just can't. I just can't. I'm they sorry. have some good tunes. Sure, no denying that. Sure, no, I don't deny it. But whatever. But it was kind of like. We, I, I get it. We're all sat down and told this is the band of your By generation. Yeah, and I'm like a huge Courtney. Like Courtney Love can do no wrong in my mind, and so of course I feel very adversarial against Nirvana because I feel like. Kurt Cobain ruined her second album, and oh, yeah, oh, uh, ooh, we've never gotten into like my controversial. Is take. it? Is it a hot take? No, no. It's like you believe that like uh, Kurt Cobain was the Yoko of. Yes, of he was. He ruined her career. Um, she came out with "Pretty on the Inside," which, with my forty-three-year-old ears, is like if I heard it for the first time, I'm like this shit's unlistenable. But I listened to it when I was a teenager with my baby fresh ears, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" So it's 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 heavily stamped as like a pivotal album in my life. Um, Love hole pretty on the inside, and then uh, they came out with "Live Through This," and I was like, "What is this poppy sappy?" I mean, it's still very good. It's still very. It's a great album. However. I was used to like this very discordant, cacophonous, wild, unhinged, like crazy experimental album that's Hole's first album. And then they come out with like a very polished pop album. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about how uh, Corny Love is very influenced by Kurt Cobain. And that's why the album direction took that turn. I don't know. I didn't read her book. I don't know. I'm just making shit up. Um... And so that's my unfounded hatred of Nirvana. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. So we heard from, uh, oh, Wu-Tang, clearly nothing to fuck with. Then we heard Onyx, Slam. That's a good choice. That's a real good I love Onyx. And um, it's so funny to me because there was like always that like, oh, groundbreaking pairing of like Run DMC and Aerosmith with Walk This Way. And I was like, you know what? Motherfucking... Onyx and Anthrax with Bring the Noise. What? That was Public Enemy, dude. Wait, what? That's not Onyx? Bro. Bring the Noise? Oh, is it Public, Public Enemy? Enemy? That's oh. Chuck D. Oh, my. This is the first time I've ever been wrong. Just in life. It, it is. And I guess I'm wrong. No. Shame. Who are you? What I don't know. You know what? I need to get like a sound for shame. I need a shame like sound clip. All right, whatever. Uh, 
Onyx is still cool. I feel like in my heart, Onyx has collabed with some white metal band. But your heart is made of Onyx, isn't it? <laughs> my heart is made of black. Onyx. This is a black Onyx heart. It's true. And it, it says back the fuck up. Uh so <laughs> Onyx. <laughs> That's not a good thing for a heart to say. I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. Why don't you do it? My partner's bummed on my heart, honestly, all the time. I don't know how he deals with it. Yeah. Then Cypress Hill, Insane in the Membrane, because honestly, that's like the best song on the album. It's just true. So I usually, I, I like to do a more deep cut, but that's that a, a good song. That's a clear standout. And also, I was like, uh, I'm like, smoke, like, like good people smoke weed. You know what I mean? Like, I knew that my, my, my parents smoked weed but i didn't think that like oh there's like cool people that also smoke weed it was a it was a eye-opening experience when cypress hill was very weed forward in the 90s that was actually 93 now that i think about it that was like the how old were you you were you were 12 turned 13 yeah 12 13 um that was the year i started you in fourth grade really going full throttle (laughs) like undercover shithead hooligan <laughs> oh yeah that's a t- 12 is a turning point it's a turning yeah. point for sure for that's sure when i started smoking weed hell yeah that's when i started smoking weed too when's the first time you smoked weed i was 12 same but do you remember like who you're with or where it was um yeah we i smoked weed with my friend forest and two of my other friends i didn't really get high Cause you don't have like the I tried, cannabinoids. I tried. Yeah, the cannabin- you don't have the cannabinoids in your system. Or whatever. And then they were acting really stoned. Ask Doctor Brother which Jill. I don't think <laughs> they, they weren't. Were. No. And no. then we went bowling. How did you have money to go bowling? Mowing lawns, dude. Oh, that's right. You worked. Yeah, and then my other friend was a uh, he had a paper route. Nice. I was just, I just was broke, but I had big boobs, so I had a boyfriend. And Drew, what was his name? Drew Andrews. That's so funny. He's like a male nurse in Modesto. I should have married that. Drew fool. Andrews. I think he's. I no. Sorry. Did his mom have a stutter? <laughs> no. No. Wait. Sorry. Drew Scott. Drew Scott. That was his name. Um, and he's now a male nurse, a cute male nurse, and he has a very lovely wife and child. I know because twenty years ago we were friends on Instagram, but he was my first boyfriend, and uh, him and this little like. You know, like the little weasel bad kid in your school, Victor something. Uh, we were not yet in high school. We were just graduating from May Hensley Junior High. And the summer before high school, we smoked weed for the first time underneath the bleachers at Series High, which is where I went to high school. And that's the first time I smoked weed. I did not get high either, but been getting high ever since. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, uh, this next one, this next like rock block is going to be some classics. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Marianne, who recently sent me a TikTok of this video and someone reenacting what it's like to hear this song for the first time in the 90s, which was so cute and so true. So here we go with the surprise, surprise song. Hold on to your hats.
Listening to BFF.FM. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome, brothers. BFF.FM. Burr, burr, burr. Dialone Radio with Brother Jill uh, and Andrew Love. 
And you just heard from Smashing Pumpkins, who Siamese Dream, 1993. I didn't, I wasn't into that album when it came out, but I have a funny story. I literally have the best story of all time about Smashing Pumpkins. No one can top this story, by the way. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You've heard it before. Have I? Guaranteed. Andrew and I used to work together at a barbershop, and my entire job was talking all day, and he had to listen to me talk <laughs> that was, all day. On, that was not your job. <laughs> You're right. You're right. That, <laughs> that was not my job. Probably why the barbershop's closed. That was uh, something that, that, that took place. So I would cut hair and talk. and you I talk and cut hair, but yeah. Yeah. Andrew had to listen to me talk all day. So yeah. there's probably not a person alive that knows more about me than Andrew because he literally had to hear every story all the time, constantly. So you had to listen to like a year and a half of me talking eight hours a day. And then I would also talk to you. I'd be like, hey, are you tired of me talking? Because I'm going to talk to you right now. Anyways, blah, blah, blah. Um, but here's my story. And I'm sure you've heard it. So Smashing Pumpkins, I did not like them when they came out because they were popular. And I was like, I only order music that I listen to through the mail and if it's not coming in through the mail then it could eat a dick um so they were like too mainstream for me so I didn't get into them and then uh I became friends with a famous uh, San Francisco author Laura Albert who wrote under the name JT Leroy and I love JT Leroy books and the birthday for that kind of avatar that wrote the books is my birthday is October 31st, 1980. And so I, I really identified with the author and like love the books and blah, 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 whatever, X, Y, and Z. Ended up becoming friends with her. I saw her on the street and I'm like, oh my God, are you Laura Albert? I'm like the biggest fan. And she took me under her wing, a.k.a. made me an unpaid intern, basically. <laughs> and but it came, it came with his perks. Like, you know, one day I'm doing her laundry and the next day I'm, you know, going out and about with her to like cool things. And one of the cool things we did was so Laura Albert is besties with Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. And it's they've just had a very long friendship. Um. So one day she's like, hey, I, uh, you know, like Billy's in town. He's playing at the Oracle. Do you want to go with me? I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, like, I didn't want to say like, yo, Smashing Pumpkins are dumb. Like, I don't care about them. <laughs> I want to listen to Pavement. Whatever. Like, I was just kind of like, all right, yeah, I'll go see Smashing Pumpkins for free. And she also was like, can you get mushrooms? This is like, you know, this is like years and years ago when you can just like waltz into it. Can I? I know, as Andrew knows. Yes, yes. <laughs> the more complicated of those two questions was <laughs> do you want to see Smashing Pumpkins? Exactly, exactly. That was the one you had to really think about. You had to think about it. So I go see Smashing Pumpkins with Laura Albert. We take a heroic dose of mushrooms. As Andrew knows, I'm not very good about um, figuring out dosages. <laughs> and. <laughs> and so Laura Albert and I take this like massive dose of mushrooms. It's that weird tour where the Smashing Pumpkins like cover Led Zeppelin Stairway to Heaven. Billy Corgan's like wearing weird makeup. There's like weird video pop-ups of like Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. Like it's a weird and I'm on all the drugs. I'm like 
full tripping balls. What year is this? Three years ago? Five oh, years ago? Oh, what? I mean, it's a couple years ago. Was this when they... It was like a reunion tour when the bassist Darcy couldn't leave the house, so she didn't do it. And they had like clones. They had somebody else. I don't know. They, they did like for like like look alike. <laughs> oh, they're like, can we get a Darcy look alike? This yeah. was probably like five years ago, maybe tops, uh, tops five years ago. So we're tripping balls in my mind as I'm like watching the show. I'm full hallucinating. I'm also like, you know what? Billy Corgan is low-key in love with Laura Albert. All these songs are about her. <laughs> Which now I'm like, I don't I was on drugs. Um, and then after the show, so I had never been backstage before at like a big concert. In my mind, it's like Wayne's World, where you're like, oh, go to pass, like Molly go. Yeah, like I don't know how it actually works. That's but, boring as hell. Yeah, how it actually works is like when you when you like get your ticket, they're like, I'm oh, back you're there. you're yeah, like you just are like they're like, oh, you're gonna see you're gonna sit in the row with all the other backstage people, and then at, at the end of the show, we're all gonna wrangle you, and we're gonna like take you to the backstage area, which is not in my mind, which is like a cool, chill group hangout behind the stage because I've yeah. only know everything from movies. It's actually like a weird situation where it's like a bar clubhouse underneath this underneath the the uh general admission floor at Oracle, at Oracle yeah. yeah okay it's called like I the never B worked there. it's called the BMW lounge oh. or something so it's like a weird little bar underneath the general admission floor this and, flashback brought to you by yeah right BMW BMW <laughs> and then also in my mind I'm like oh backstage is like everybody partying and like blah, blah. no this is like everyone has their own rooms. It's a little boring. They, the, a, a security guard, like literally got us after the show. I'm both of us are tripping balls. We go to the BMW lounge, and then they're like, "All right, Billy Corgan's people, come with me." We form a line. We walk down this long ha hallway. He's in the room by himself, mind you, not a Smashing Pumpkins fan. Never met Billy Corgan. Never seen Smashing Pumpkins live. I'm on drugs with my. Teenage, that's literary the best idol situation to be in when you're meeting someone's not being a fan. I'm not. I wasn't. And yeah. it, so here's a couple takeaways. When I met him, I was really surprised. I was never aware that he has a hand that has like a huge port wine stain on it. What? His hand. He has like a hand. One of his hands has a huge port wine stain on it. So it's like a a red hand. Like he literally has a red left hand. And it's also not as strong as his right hand. So it's kind of like a smaller, weaker red hand, which I had never noticed. Also, when I saw him, he was like his like bad makeup from the show, which was like dark circles and like white face makeup was kind of like smeared and like runny. He's wearing like a black cloak. And he, <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. And then. All of us go in. All of us shuffle into his room. Ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, seriously. And I'm on drugs. It's all women. There's no men there. And he stops at one point. And to me, I'm like, okay, look, I've like met people before, right? Like the best way you can approach these situations is to just kind of like be quiet, you know, observe, look, listen. If someone asks you something, be polite. But like, you're not trying to fangirl out or you're just, you're just there. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm not trying to like make a big fuss about it. Yeah. Just, just give him a giant hug as soon as you see him. It's oh like, my god, your album meant so much to me in high school. No, don't say anything. Just hug him. Really oh, it's a tight <laughs> hug. 
Anyways, Ugh. he's a fucking gross asshole. He was talking about having sex with his like Asian wife and like fetishized like her ethnicity a bunch and talking about it, which was gross. <laughs> and I was like, you're gross, but you have a weird like hand malfunction, which I think is kind of cool. Do you think maybe you were tripping about that? Yeah, hand? for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I was recently forced to watch the Disney Day Parade and Smashing Pumpkins performed. And I was like, it's true. He has a weird red hand. But it's hold true. on. Were you also shrooming? No, <laughs> I was not. I was not shrooming. It was an off night. <laughs> it was an off day. Morning. Uh, so at one point he's like, uh, hey, stop. Everyone in here is a Scorpio. And I was like, hold up. I am a Scorpio. What the fuck? That's fucking weird. You're being a weird, gross, like weird, sexist, gross person. And you accurately guessed my astrological sign. And apparently all the other women in that room, they were Scorpios. Because he made them Scorpios. He did not day. make them Scorpios. <laughs> Truth be told, you were actually born... <laughs> I was born according Your to Billy Corgan's plan. Scrubbed that day. That's right. That's right. But yes, it was a someone so, dropped a TNT or what was it? T, what, what wrestling company did he? He owned a wrestling company for sure. What? Time. What yeah, wrestling company came in? Juggalo World you. Wrestling. <laughs> and you woke up thinking, "I'm a fucking Scorpio." No, I'm a died in a wool Scorpio. Uh, born under bad sign. So. It tripped me out, right? It like was weird to be like, yo, like he's be no he knew I was a Scorpio. That was weird. He's also a weird freak. Uh and he that's my said it forcefully, like whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, you're a Scorpio. From, from this day forward. From this day hen henceforth I declare you a Scorpio. Yeah, uh, he yeah. Trying, he was trying to do some fucking uh, Anton LaVey shit. Well it worked. <laughs> he Anton LaVey'd me, and to this day I think he's a dark wizard. So, anyways. And I did just see him uh, perform at the uh, Disney. Do do you have you ever heard of the Disney uh, Christmas Parade? What? Yeah, exactly. I've Disney never Christmas Parade. There apparently, I've never heard of it. Right? I'm I'm a weird freak. I've never heard the Disney Day Parade, uh, the Disney Christmas Day Parade. Apparently, My didn't like force disney upon me my parents didn't either my no i i'm Some not things were i'm not a disney person uh, either i had never heard of it but pete my partner is a like he's not a disney person but he's a very like wholesome type of person where he like loves parades he loves like like macy's day thanksgiving parade we he watch loves he loves parades <laughs> um and he's like yeah i've watched the disney christmas day parade Forever. And I'm like, bro, I've never legit never heard of it. But also, like, my mom didn't cook me breakfast. So I understand where there's a big gap between me and other people sometimes with like childhood experiences. Um, anyways, Smashing Hogan's played, which I also thought was weird. Uh, and I saw with my eyes, my non on drug eyes, my sober eyes, that Billy Corgan indeed had a weird small red hand when he was playing guitar. So it's real. Good for him. I know. So we listen to Smash. There's my long smashing. Pumpkin. I wonder if it gives him an advantage. How so? Speed. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. We heard from Smashing Pumpkins and we heard from Cranberries Linger, who uh, I am not a huge Cranberries fan, but I do appreciate them. 
I actually went to high school with this girl, um, Eileen something, who was so obsessed with the cranberries that she cut her hair the same way. And she also started talking in an Irish accent. Oh, she Eileen was... Asperst. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> You're so smart. That was good. Eileen Asperst is good. <laughs> no, what is her name? What is this lady from Cram? Did she die? She died. She did. She... <laughs> <laughs> She's dead. I think, um, did she die? I know Sinead O'Connor died. That's a real one. Yeah, she really did. I know, and I love her. How did she die? Dude, I Shanae she... O'Connor over Eileen from the Cranberries, a thousand. Eileen O'Rourke. I'm just making shit up. I'm just like, O'Rourke? I mean, she never did anything to offend me. Who? The chick from the Cranberries? Yeah, I mean... Same. No, same, same. She's like non-offensive. Anyways. I went to high school with some girl that like was so obsessed with the cranberries. So, so equals Jill hates her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, some girl from high school that was like so obsessed with the cranberries and she like cut her hair that way, started talking in an Irish accent. Um, yeah, I'm serious. I'm serious. She also, so my thing in high school, I was the coolest, right? And I had a, a lunchbox. No, the coldest. No, I, coldest, the coldest and the coolest. Um, <laughs> I had a lunchbox, and so did my bestie, Robbie. He also had a lunchbox. And we were in this like crew of people that was okay for you to carry a lunchbox. And we put cool stickers on. I'm like, I had a bikini kill sticker on my lunchbox. Eileen would have a bunch of cranberry shit. She also brought a lunchbox, which almost made me beat her ass. Um, you just said you were in a crew of people where it was okay to have a lunchbox. Yeah, me and Robbie. Like <laughs> me and Robbie. That's it. This was a closed. Group. It was a closed group, like invite only. Eileen or whatever. Uh, I forget her real name. Anyways, uh, oh Angie something was her name. Um, she came to school with a lunchbox, and I was so pissed. And she had all this like cranberry stuff on her lunchbox, but also. In addition to cranberries, this is like pure Modesto 90s. Uh, Timothy McVeigh. She had this thing where she was like super obsessed with Timothy McVeigh. What? Yeah, the Oklahoma City bomber. And had all these like free Timothy McVeigh. He didn't do anything wrong. Like oh, he's been framed. He didn't do anything wrong. Motherfucker, he be reading the Turner Diaries, blowing people up, killing babies. Like what are you talking about? Just because yeah. he's like Caucasian and you think he's hot, suddenly like whatever. This is also like high school. Like people don't there make was a lot of wild shit going on there because the Kaczynski shit was around the same time too. True, and like I'm down. You know what I mean? Like I got a you know you know it's funny. I kind of I had a Unabomber uh like moment of like where I read the manifesto yeah. and like yeah. I had the sticker and so I have a uh, not only do I, I have a sticker on my. I have a very visible sticker. You know, of the, yes. Uh, of course. Is like, yeah. I actually am like. Harm isn't people. For sure. But uh, <laughs> for sure. True, true, true that. Um, but also that sketch of the Unibomber is like an iconic piece of art. And so I had the Unibomber sticker. That's how I justify it. Uh, I also have like a sheet of 100 tabs of acid with the Unibomber on it. And um, it's funny because. I heard it's the bomb. Oh. Oh wow! Burr, burr, burr. Radio. Uh, when I was Punishing. when I was single, 
I had this like inside joke with myself where I was like, oh, I'm going to make my apartment be the most red flaggy of all time. So I had all these like, uh, like seven day candles, you know, from like a Santeria uh-huh. that were like, dominate him, kill him, make. And I put them like at eye level <laughs> at above my age last year um, <laughs> and i would put them like at eye level to the toilet it was just like 10 candles of just and oils and potions of like clearly like women like controlling men through witchcraft so i had that above the toilet and i was like that's funny right because that's easy to come by i mean it's not hard just like it's san francisco no, it's just like images of men being controlled by you know you women. go you can get those candles at any botanica oh. those are very those are very generic botanica candles. You can go what? to any botanica and get a control him candle. I've been spending way too much time in the Richmond. Exactly. You need to come down to the mission, be like, hey, I know this is like a control him botanica candle or whatever, but you think I can make a lady one maybe? Like, <laughs> you could look into that, you know? Uh, anyways. Uh, as a white guy, you got to just... <laughs> you gotta stay from controlling people for all that <laughs> for sure for sure so in the midst of my funny red flag apartment uh i had once asked a guy i was like we were talking or something we were talking in my apartment or something and he's like actually the only thing that's a big red flag for me in this apartment is your Unabomber sticker that you've not even considered. It's not even on your radar. That's and the your only framed, that's the first thing. That your perfect. framed Unabomber 100 hits of acid sheet that you have on your Did wall. you read him the manifesto and go, you I know, did. he actually has a I point. I did. I was predicted. like, dude, if you want to get a beach, you got to listen to me fucking <laughs> read the Unabomber manifesto. And I will mispronounce so many things in it because I'm not college educated. But so anyways, that's a tangent. So we cranberry, listen to cranberries. What we listen to after that? We listen to, oh, Magic Star. Hmm. Yeah, Mazzy Star. I love Mazzy Star, but there is a thing, I think, with all females of the 90s where you're like, God damn, in the 90s, like, Hope Sandoval was every indie rock dude's, like, dream girl. It was like the... She wasn't that big on being famous, right? No, no. She was like, I'm beautiful, talented, I'm moody, I'm ethereal. And uh, unobtainable. <laughs> and every dude that you're trying to have sex with is just gonna like talk about her at some point. Like that, it, it's always annoying, but same time, her music is incredible. So you have to temper that with salting my game. I think she had a relationship with the guy who, who, who they made that song. Like this guy had a band, they had her sing. She was, I think she had a relationship. Wait, didn't she have a thing with the dude from Jesus and Mary Chain? Or did they just do a song together? And I'm making things up. Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. Whatever. Hope Sandoval, every indie rock dude's uh, 90s crush and every indie rock chick's 90s jealous rage. <laughs> but <laughs> good music. Uh, all right. Do you want to like listen to more some, some more music or, or what? Yeah. Cool. Hit me with some more of that 1993 magic. Yeah, buddy. Now we're getting into it. Now we're getting into it. Here we go. All right. Here we go with another moody lady favorite. It was 11 o'clock. You know what that means? That means no holds barred. Getting crazy up in here. 
And here we go with Liz Fair from the best album, Exile and Guyville of all time from 1993 and beyond. I woke up alone.
Life.fm, best frequencies forever. Community radio. All your friends are doing it. That's such a horny promo. All your friends are doing it. I don't know who did that, but whatever. You sound great. Um, we just heard from PJ Harvey, Legs. Um, that is an amazing album. I am in the minority, I'm sure, of people that prefer the demo version of that song. But, you know, just got to throw in my hipster cred there. And then before that was Breeders Driving on Nine which is my favorite album from their uh, album that was released in 1993, Last Splash. Although Cannonball was great, but Driving On Sweet. It's like sweet, it's delusional, it's um, talking about driving, all the things I, I look for. They had another really good song on that album. They had like kind of, it was kind of like surfy, I think, surf guitars. I don't know. Okay, look. Oh, no. You have a problem with my 1993. No Aloha. Oh, yeah, No Aloha is good. Uh, you have a problem with my 1993 album selection? Let's hear it. Um, no, where do I start? Well, where do I start? What did I have a problem with? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, BFF.FM, oh, Dialogue Radio. Yeah, duh. Debut, Bjork. That's I a great album. cannot stand Bjork. I can't. Look, I know Nirvana, no Bjork. Indefensible. Bjork is annoying. Bjork is a fucking portal. Portal to what? <laughs> I don't know. Land of the Orcas? Something weird. Oh, God. Anyways, I feel like Bjork is like the template for all manic pixie dream girl tropes. And I'm mm. annoyed. And that was a, a moment, I think, in her aesthetic. Now, uh, she, now she's more like a fungus. Yeah, because she did her fungi uh, voiceover for something, right? Fungi vo- <laughs> No, look, Bjork, I just, look, look, I just be reading Apple News. I just be reading Apple News, okay? I don't capture the whole gist of it. No, this she- is a fungi voiceover. <laughs> no. Hey, guys. <laughs> no, Bjork is, uh, she like did some nature documentary about uh, mushrooms or whatever, and- She's the voice of it. She's like, oh, look at me. I'm a small person from another country. I think she was a mushroom at one point. Probably. During her set, the, the show I went to. That was actually a fucking badass show, though. It was good. It was the best part about that show was actually when it was over and I was leaving. Yeah, that, I would seeing, agree. I would agree. The best part was, of that show is when it it's over. Right, I agree. It was right. The first show that people could go to after the pandemic in San Francisco that was like on a, like a larger scale. And there were people who went who probably weren't huge fans of hers that were like, I need to just get out of the fucking house and stop looking at my phone or person whatever. I'm living with or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And uh, I saw so many people have the same conversation afterward where there was someone who just looked confused and they went, I mean, she has a really amazing voice, but <laughs> it wasn't for everyone. She, she didn't play about? any of the hits. I mean, she did. She did um, possibly maybe, but it was a weird cover. Um, and the music was probably uh, the accompaniment was like uh, instrument she's invented. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, but no, it was good. It was just it's just very kind of like, I don't know. It's like soundtracky and like theatrical and like seven costume changes. And it's like very visual. I will say I do get I do, I do get forwarded like 
Bjork's costumes that she performs in, which are amazing. Uh, she was married to Matthew Barney, who's one of my favorite artists, because I'm just, I'm 43. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I went to art school. And whatever, though, I'm not going to put Bjork on this playlist because I don't want to hear it. No, that's fine. Ouch! Sick burn, Bjork! Uh, anyways, I kind of, believe it or not, I actually, I, I have a bunch of songs that I kind of want to get to, so I'm going to get to the next one. Can you believe it? Long pause. All right, whatever. Here we go. We're about to fucking. She had oh, a God. video. Oh, God. Here we go. What? What's her Where video? people were getting chased by a giant teddy bear. I remember. And... <laughs> Army of me. Army of me. Who no, cares? No. Yes. human behavior. Whatever. Human the, behavior. Who the cares? The giant teddy bear. Also, who cares? What? It was like a scary giant teddy bear. Oh, God. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go.
just a worthless liar. I am just an imbecile. I will only complicate you. Trust in me and fall as well. I will find a center in you. I will chew it up and leave. Trust me, trust me, trust me.
Um, I thought about it. I t- we thought about it. Okay, sorry guys. Hold on. I'm gonna. I I gotta do this thing. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, you have two. Ooh. Hey, what's really going on? This is Boots Riley. You are listening to BFF.FM. It doesn't get any cooler than that, you guys. We played Tool. We got a shout out from Boots Riley. Uh, we listened to the Melvins, Hooch, um, which to me, every dude I fucking hung out with in high school, my freshman year, had that CD, that Melvin's Houdini CD. But I think that speaks more to like my friend group. Nothing. I had that CD. Did you? Yeah. It was like mandatory. They're like, yeah. oh, are you growing pubes? Here's the Melvin's Houdini album. Yeah. You're lying. No, I had that every. I think it was a prerequisite. You had to get it. You're like, you're 13 now, kid. Here you go. Here's the yeah, Melvin's you, Houdini someone album. Someone gave you a Melvin and then <laughs> handed you the Melvins. Oh, my God. OMG. It happened in, um, I think it was seventh grade PE. Yeah, that's when they issued. It was like uh, Coach Nowicki or whatever was like, all right, guy. He like had cauliflower ears. Huh. He's like, Smith. I got, I got 12 copies of Melvin's Houdini. Uh, who's going to come and... Uh, grow pubes and listen to some fucking <laughs> sick rock from King Buzzo. Uh, yeah, that the Melvins are a huge part of the '90s for me. Um, and they were okay. I'm not a big Melvins fan, but I feel like it would be an insult to the authenticity of my life story not to include them mm. in 1993. Yeah, that was that was the first year I went to Gilman too. 1993. Mm-hmm. Who did you see? Ninety three or ninety four? No, it was probably more ninety four. All right, then. Who did you go see at Gilman? I saw a band called Ape. Fa- the first trip to Gilman, the very I can't remember every fucking show, but Just like the, the first very one. first one. I know a group, a band called Betty's Love Child was an Ooh, opener. What? Uh, they were an opener. Um. I went with. My brother, my brother, my friend's brother. <laughs> I'm like, you don't have a brother. And um, not anymore, not since Gilman. That night oh, Gilman. stop it. <laughs> he spent the night on that couch. No, stop it. Anyways. He became the couch. <laughs> no, stop it. Um, no, we don't talk about my brother. Um, <laughs> no, Pat was like a brother. Okay. I, he is a brother. He's a brother. He's Another mother. Not, not, I mean, he's he's a white guy, but like... <laughs> He was like a brother to me. To you, yeah. Yeah. FYI, Andrew's white, you guys. Who's also... <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. Um, yeah, I'm really shocked that you'd have the amount of cranberries knowledge that you do if you weren't a white guy. I don't have a lot of cranberries knowledge. Don't believe him. He was, I know. Rad- he was rattling off all kinds of cranberry facts in on the break. Yeah, that they're rich in antioxidants. <laughs> They're a good substitute for raisins in a salad. Or just eating food, which I yeah. can do. Oh, just like, oh, I feel like, yeah, craisins are something you eat when, like, it's getting rough. Like, <laughs> Can we start a can we start a Cranberries cover band called the, <laughs> all the Craisins? <laughs> um, but also, I also uh, want to. I don't think you can do that when. <laughs> a Cranberries like, cover they're... band called the Craisins. <laughs> I don't know. 
Um, I think their fans wouldn't like that. Also, on um, while we were listening to the Cranberries, Andrew was like, "Hey, Jill, <laughs> you know <laughs> this song always reminds me of." I was like, "What?" Farts. He's like, "Farts." <laughs> I can't help but think of that. All right, we've gotten into the um, so we're at a point in the show where we can diverge onto two paths. And I was like, Andrew, you're gonna be my producer. You're here. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna present you with a producer opportunity. I have a block of stupid songs from the '90s, which is Ace of Base, Mariah Carey, and Utah Saints. Or we can go. I know you've woven Lisa Loeb in there. Somewhere. I have not. I don't know why I've. I, that's a really strong a, a reaction for me. I don't know why, but no. Jill didn't know that there was a Lisa Loeb reality show. I did not know. I'm shocked. Is I haven't seen it. I still haven't seen it. It's a, what is that show called? What's it, was, it called? Stay. Finding love for Loeb or I don't Finding know. Finding love for Loeb. Something stupid. You say elobing. Elo. I can only date on TV. Um. And I was like, look, we can do like this dumb she's fun cute. one. And she's like, she I feel cute. like she's the precursor to like Zoe Deschanel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who I also hate. She's uh, like the spawn of. She Lisa is. Loeb. She is like, hey, Lisa Loeb walked so Zoe Deschanel could run. Deschanel? Whatever. How do you say her name? I don't like that because douches are harmful to the female reproductive system. Not whatever. Anyways, it's, uh, it's what is it? Uh, Windex or something? Like oh, that? very. Or oh, some kind oh, of, oh, my God. No, it's on par with. It's, no, there is a brand that's like, it's it's on par with another one of their products where it's almost the same chemical composition. It's true. Dang. I, I've, I mean, like. So when I'm out of Windex. <laughs> so, okay. We're just going to skip over this. Um, Yeah. Fuck Lisa Loeb. But I will watch her reality TV show. Uh, so I was like, Andrew, look, I can do this like fun block of Ace of Base, Mariah Carey, and Utah Saints, or I could do like the more serious block, which is going to be Dinosaur Junior, Archers of a Loaf, and Afghan Wigs, which is like a solid indie rock '90s block. And he's like, I hate Ace of Base. I can't. I usually like things that are Swedish. I I enjoy the furniture, the meatballs. I like the soccer players. Don't like Ace of Base and their white supremacy. Especially the bikini team. They're great. What, the bikini remember, that team was, a, that was a whole thing. The Swedish bikini Over by Bud Light was like or whatever. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. It was like a whole thing. Yeah, we're Spud Swedish. It's like, yeah. We're all twins. It's like because when you're in freezing ass cold Sweden, wear, it's like, that's what fur, you wear. You have a you fur wear, bikini. You wear a fucking bikini. You have a fur bikini. Like, oh, there's so many of us. We should start a team. Yeah. <laughs> fur bikini all twins team. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it's a compete at being at having boobies. Being um, tall and hot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of them was that? Yeah, I don't know. Ingrid, you sound <laughs> that funny. Was, that was the brother Jill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Party time. Ingrid's talking funny. <laughs> Andrew did not choose a Mariah Carey Ace of Base. So you guys, no. we're going to go with some serious, actually amazing songs from that time. We're gonna kick it off with Little Dinosaur Jr. and this. Uh, Wait, so what? did I pass my first producer test? You, no, actually, Should you we didn't. Play you this failed. horrible music. You <laughs> failed, actually. I'm firing you. 
Oh. Oh no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Fired? I'm just kidding. No, Is, no, no. Did you tell me about the severance? You get one white claw from the fridge. I will Venmo Secret Alley for your white claw. They're three dollars. Contact security. I'm ready. All right, <laughs> stop. All right, here we go. Dinosaur Junior. Being cool. This album's so fucking good. And I recently re-listened to it and I was like, GD, this album kills me every time. Although I am in the minority of people that love the Martin and Me acoustic version of this, which is like a lot of songs from this album, this first Dinosaur Jr. album. Uh, Or actually, I don't really know if it's the first one. It's just the first one I heard. Uh, So Yeah, I was listening to Dinosaur Sr., (laughs) <laughs> I was way back to in the day. <laughs> Dinosaur Esquire. Uh, <laughs> Dinosaur Junior. Dinosaur S Junior Esquire. Here we go. MBE. MBE. Do you know that it's alright? I've been thinking seeing that's not how it's
FM, Dialone Radio with Brother Jill and Andrew Love. And um, I really want my own jingle. Would you want it just to be a jingle, Jill? Or do you Shut want up. it? <laughs> jingle, Jill. Shut jingle. up. I hate you. I literally hate you. Okay. Um, it could be. It could be what? BFF, 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 BFF. License to Jill. 
License to Jill is a good one. See, that's why I've asked you to be my producer. You have all the good ideas. Jill Communication. Ooh, License to Jill, Jill Communication. Uh, but you know how I feel about the Beastie Boys, so. She loves them. I hate them. Andrew and that's, I were in a situation. Uh, Andrew and I were in a situation where we worked in this barbershop together, and when you work at a barbershop, you listen to ten hours of music a day. And sometimes you have to fist fight over your opinion of a seminal band. <laughs> and that is where he learned that I hate the Beastie Boys, mm-hmm. amongst uh, many, many, many other things. Uh, you know, what I don't hate is freaking Archers of Loaf and Dinosaur Junior. Who are sick as hell. Uh, oh my god, I hope they get better. Shut up. <laughs> and then uh, Afghan wigs, and I love, so I... Something's been going around. Co- COVID flu? RSV? Oh, RSV? I've already caught RSV. A bunch. I caught RSV. This this year I got RSV, and last year I got RSV. Oh. So I'd be chilling with babies. Babies have RSV all the time. I RSVP'd to a party last week, but... I've and then never, you didn't show? I didn't. Oh, I knew it. Uh, I love Dinosaur Jr. I love uh, I love Archers of Love. Actually, DJ Fun Size from Maniac Mansion played a Archers of Love song, and I was like, dog. You know, because like, you're so old. You know what? Hey, Andrew, do you know what it's like to be so old? That you're like, oh, I like this band from the 90s and probably no one else likes them. And then like some random person, not random, DJ Fun Size is my bestie, will be like, yeah, I like this band that you thought only you liked since you were 14. It's a magical moment. Yeah. Arches of Love. And then I ended with uh, Afghan Wigs. And, you know, when you uh, are so cool from a young age like myself, there's only really one reason, honestly. It's because you ha- either have, your mom has a boyfriend that's in like a punk band and you listen to all those records or you have like an older cousin or you mm. have like your dad or what. Like, you just get exposed to music a lot younger. And I had all those things. Actually, it was a perfect situation of like I had a stepdad that was in a punk band and he had like just moved to Modesto to like kick heroin or whatever. And <laughs> I like listened to all of his records and then I also had older cousins that were into music and I listened to all their stuff. But my biological father also now and then listened to good music and he actually turned me on to the Afghan wigs. I had never heard That's Afghan wigs before. And he had the Black Love album. He's like, yeah, yeah. I, uh. He had like been, you know, working up in like Orville or something, like some weird town in California in the middle of nowhere and listen to some like rock station that maybe played an Afghan wig song and my dad has this rule he will not buy an album unless he likes two of the songs already he's like I like Jill. that rule it's a good rule it's a good rule but it was always a thing because I was always like pressuring him to buy music as a child I was like going anywhere and being like I want to buy this album I want to buy that album he's like Jill J- Jill I need to know and need to like two songs from that album for me to buy it. And I guess he heard two songs from this Afghan Wigs Black Love album, which is an incredible fucking front to back, start to end amazing album. And I, which did not come out in 93. That's from their Gentleman album. Mm. Um, 
And I was like, Dad, this is like a really good album. And I started getting into Afghan Wigs because of my dad. Good old right. Dave. Good old Dave. Good job, Dave. Good job, good job, DJ brother Dave Sutherland. Dave Sutherland. Mm-hmm. What a, it's a good name, Dave. If your dad's not right, named that is Dave, a good name. what? It is a good name. Yeah, Dave. It's a great. Dave is Sutherland. it Dave Sutherland? It's a name amazing. You can trust. It's a name you can trust. <laughs> he, it's so funny. Um, you need a tray enchiladas. Dave Sutherland's the man. Dude, if you need some enchiladas or if you need some tips on how to park your dual axle Ram 350 or whatever, <laughs> fuck, if you have some giant, like just one step below a semi truck truck and you're trying to visit your daughter in Oakland, just call Dave. Dave, what do you do? I feel like Dave Sutherland has a vice grip. He for sure. Yeah. He for sure. Uh, like he, in his garage. Oh, my dad up. has a full wood shop. He never uses, um, but he does have a second fridge full. So my dad has moved from Coors Light. I think my dad's probably drank a million Coors Lights in his life. He used to have a pile of discarded. <laughs> That's awesome. You told me about this. He so <laughs> you showed me a picture once. Of Dude, like it's insane. Of it's a so my dad had this. My dad's insane. always had a workshop. You know, like he's always like. I got a, a backhoe and a workshop and whatever, and I'm drunk all the time. I've been drunk since you were born. And he only <laughs> drank Coors Light. Um, and there was at one point I was visiting him, and he had a sea of maybe 1,000 plus cans of the Silver Bullet, Coors Light. But in the last couple of years, his wife has convinced him to switch from Coors Light to Truly's. So what my d- is that? <laughs> exactly. Is that a beer? No, it's a hard seltzer. And <gasps> no. Yes. And so Blasphemy. my I know. So my dad now, instead of like ripping through a 24 pack of Coors Light every day, he rips through a case of Trulies. And he's always calling me, telling me about Isn't these like technically malt liquor. Yeah. It's grain alcohol. Um and he's always calling he called me today and he was like, I broke my rib. I was like, how did you and also, if my dad injures himself, which has happened multiple times, it's because he's like, oh, no, am I venturing? Am I, like, crossing the line where it's, like, a funny story and you cross the line? And you're like, that's actually kind of sad, Jill. I feel like it might be going there. Oh, I'll laugh either way. Okay, good to know. Um, <laughs> so we're friends. Yeah, he called me today to be like, this is also, this is almost like, you know, when you watch a crime show and they, like, will play a recording of a phone call. This is, li- I'll just reenact it because they are 45 seconds. Hello? Hello? Jill, it's your dad. Oh, hey, dad. What's up? Not much. I broke my rib. How the fuck did you break your rib? What were you doing? Oh, uh, I just had some stuff in my hand and tripped on my white tennis shoe or something. It was in the morning. I definitely was not drunk. Hold on. Let me turn down this Lisa Loeb record. <laughs> what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, my dad keeps coming up with these, like, mystery, like, injuries that he's always, like, He's always very adamant that they happen in the morning to signif- to like signal that he wasn't drunk. But I was like, Dad. That's awesome. <laughs> it was in the morning, you know. Uh, so it was in the morning. But I check this out. I just got done doing five jumping jacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> check this out. I had a brand muffin. <laughs> My dad is also on the same wild bipolar sleeping schedule that I am, which is you go to sleep very, very early, like around like eight or nine at night. And then you wake up at one or two in the morning and you start working and then you will take a nap from six to like 10. 
And that ha- I do that from like pure stress and lack of chemical regulation in my brain. So my dad's also on that schedule. So I know, even though my dad's like, yo, it was 10 in the morning, I, the morning time. I was like, you've been drinking for three hours by 10 in the morning. Mm. You're drunk at 10 in the morning. So don't start. You think I don't know? I know. I'm your, I'm your seed. Wow. Yep. So anyways, my dad turned me on to Afghan wings. <laughs> That's, wow. We got four minutes. We got three minutes. That was pretty good. So I have to play one crap. It's not dial on radio on BFFFM if I don't play one really crappy song, which kind of rules. You ready? Sure. All right. What? Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I think I Are am. you ready? Sorry. I hope I am. I can't help it. All right, here we go. Utah Saints, you guys, everybody's favorite dance hit from 1993. And good night. Bye.